You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about the armor of God, spiritual warfare, how to resist the devil. Uh, Today, my text scripture is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. We started out with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We're just kind of slowly working our way down into the meat of this message. Uh, It says in verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Uh, It is the responsibility of the child of God to stand against the forces of evil. Now, that may seem plainly obvious, but, but there are a lot of people that when evil comes, they start praying to God to stop the evil. And they start praying to God to deal with the devil. And that's really not what he's going to do. He is not going to do that because he has delegated that power already. Already. You know, four years ago, I made a decision prayerfully, carefully. to, And it was something I'd been looking at for quite some time. But I transitioned our church into the hands of my son, Whit, who uh, has done a great job with it the last four years. And And uh, anyway, interestingly, someone connected with me not long ago, wanting me to make a judgment call that really was Whit's call to make. And I refused to deal with it. Uh, And I could see what was clearly happening here. Someone was trying to divide us, and they wanted me to make a ruling on something where they didn't agree with Whit, and they asked me to step in. And, and, uh, And any wise leader, any wise leader, anybody worth his salt knows. And I've seen pastors do this. I've seen pastors turn their churches to a new guy, and in some way in the church doesn't like something, so they come to the former pastor, and he begins to listen to them, and he takes the criticism and receives it. Oh, man, you can't do anything any worse. It's one of the stupidest things you can do. It'll backfire on you, and, uh, and, and then it undermines the person that you said you had to trust in. And so you don't do that. Well, God is a good leader, and God does not undermine the authority that he establishes in his house. He doesn't do that. Uh, this is something I saw 35, 40 years ago with a lot of prayer groups. Uh, there would be people who would gather to pray, and the next thing you know, they know what's wrong with the church, and the pastor's doing this, and the pastor's doing that, and somehow God is communicating to them all of the things that are wrong with the pastor, and they're spreading this junk all over the church. Uh, anybody who knows anything about the heart and character of God knows that that is absolutely ludicrous, that God doesn't do that. God does not undermine the person that he sets in an office. He doesn't go behind his back and deal with all kinds of other people. But that's, uh, and listen to me, if your theology permits you to believe that, you have a really skewed view of God and his integrity and his righteousness, you do. And uh, I encourage you to repent of that and to quit attacking and, and, and undermining people who have been put in a place of authority. God respects the authority that he delegates. Uh, you, somebody says, where is that in the Bible? I'll show you where it is in the Bible. It's in the book of Genesis when God delegated authority to Adam 
And he stood by and allowed Adam to make the wrong decision. And he didn't believe in what Adam did. He didn't want Adam to commit sin. He did not want Adam to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But he allowed Adam to do that because God delegated that authority. It tells me that when God delegates authority, he does not pick it back up again. He expects the person who had the authority to use the authority. So, The New Testament teaches us continually, consistently, that we have a responsibility to deal with the devil. Now, I want to tell you this. There's not a whole lot. There's a little bit, but there's not a whole lot of teaching in the Old Testament about the devil. But I'll tell you another thing. When you go find the scriptures that do deal with the devil there, you don't see anybody taking authority over the devil. You don't see any believer or even a prophet directly rebuking the devil. You don't see that. Uh, You do see it in the New Testament, and it totally changed, and it's what happened with Jesus. When he began to immediately take authority over the devil, cast out demons and rebuke Satan, but now we see that Jesus has delegated that authority to us. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. It doesn't say that they pray to God to cast out demons. It says they do the casting out. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, and also verse 27. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you, you is the understood subject of this sentence, and and it's one of Paul's (laughs) typically really long sentences. Uh, But the subject is established in verse 17, but the action is continued all the way down to verse 27, where it says, nor give place to the devil. And so who is Paul talking to? He is saying, you, you don't give place to the devil. So once again, we see that we have direct responsibility and authority to resist the devil. James chapter four, verse seven. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So you have a responsibility to resist the devil. It's not God that does it. You're the one who does it. First Peter chapter five, verses eight and nine. Be sober Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He's not one, but he acts like one, talks like one, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Once again, we're taught to resist the devil. Four times in the New Testament, you never pray to stop the devil. You don't ask God to stop the devil. If you pray to God and ask him to stop the devil, you might as well say, God, I I don't read your word. I don't really care what you say in your word. Your word really doesn't mean that much to me. This is my belief. I value my belief over yours. That's what you're saying. And when, when you do that, when you ask God to rebuke the devil for you, you rebuke the devil. You're the one who's been given authority. Four places in the New Testament where it speaks about the devil, you're the one who has the responsibility to deal with him. Now, The Bible says that we are to resist. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities and against powers. That word against appears six times in this warrior passage in the book of Ephesians. Now that's important because six is the number of a man. In other words, the number six is always tied to people. And if the word against appears six times in this context, in this tiny little spot right here, six times the word against is used, it means that we are the ones who are standing against the devil. It's not God doing it for us. It's us standing against the devil with the help and authority of God, no less. But it's our job to resist the devil. Now, when you do this, you need to understand that if you learn to do it in strength, you can shorten the attacks by resisting the attacks. Uh, the Bible talks about the evil day. Uh, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6, 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Not every day is an evil day. Say, listen to me. Satan doesn't want to attack you every day. He can't maintain that kind of pressure. If you resist him, you discourage him. A lot of people don't realize this. You can actually discourage the devil. You can actually send him home with the blues. You can affect him. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. That means he is terrified. He runs as in terror. So you can let him know that you are not up for what it is that he's trying to bring you. So there is a limited time frame that he has to operate in. And it's called the evil day. Now listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So the devil can't come at you with some exotic thing that is not within the realm of real temptation. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Here's the idea. If you are in a temptation, you can win this battle. If you're in it, you can win it. All right. He will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. How do you bear a temptation? Biblically, you escape it. That's how you bear a temptation. You bear temptation by escaping the trial. That's what getting out of it. it. It has to stop. The evil day doesn't last forever. So it's interesting to note, and I said this earlier in this series, but I think it bears repeating. Daniel wasn't at the fire furnace. Now he would not have bowed to Nebuchadnezzar's idol, but he was not at the fiery furnace. We don't know why he was not there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not around for the lion's den. And so what you see is that these guys were tempted in different ways. And Daniel was tempted in a way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not. This temptation was something, there were a few things that hit Daniel's temptation, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then in the first chapter of the book of Daniel, they were commanded to eat uh, meat that was sacrificed to idols. They wouldn't do it. But the whole time that they were in Babylon and ultimately Persia, they did not live under a constant attack because they resisted the devil. And the devil can't bear up under that kind of pressure. And I'm not saying we don't have lots of attacks because we do, 
but you can certainly shorten them and you can mitigate them when you resist them. I, I noticed this when I first became a Christian. I worked on a seismograph crew one summer before I got into my senior year of high school. And there were about a dozen guys on that crew. And I noticed a couple of guys that drove the rattiest old pickup and they had the foulest, filthiest mouths and they were the most oppressed guys. They always looked like they'd been on a drunk. Uh, their eyes were always bloodshot. They, they, you could tell there was a darkness about them. And even though I was just 17 years old, I made it my mission to witness to every single man on that crew. And some of these guys 30, 40 years old, but I talked and shared my faith with every single one of them. But these two brothers, I'll never forget, when I began to talk with them, they both at one time had walked with God. They had grown up in Pentecostal churches and they had drifted away from the Lord. And this is what I saw as I was listening to them talk. They had had horrible things horrible things, death, loss in the family, just amazing stuff like that. And this is what I saw, that once Satan gets his foot on your neck, he doesn't want to let up. And the same people that are run over by humans are also run over by the devil. That's one thing I saw. And these people were just beaten up and it was because they had turned and run from God. The devil can't maintain that kind of pressure against people who resist. He doesn't have that kind of power. And so I want to encourage you to develop that spirit of resistance because it's in your DNA to resist and it's in your power to resist. All the time I have for today, but we will be back. So don't miss the next lesson. Thank you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.